Let's make a good faith confession. If you've got your Bibles, hold your Bibles. If you haven't got your Bibles, hold your iPads or your, your iPhones. Or if, you, if, if anything, hold your heart because by now the word should be hidden in your heart. And let's repeat after me. This is my Bible. And I believe it. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I have the desire, determination, and discipline to be all God has called me to be. If you believe that, sit down, let's get on with it. I want to speak about unleashing your potential. It's something we all have, this thing deep within us. And some of us don't think we have it. Some of us feel at the end of our life or we've just done all that we, we're able to do. Some of us have been disappointed and we feel discouraged at times. Sometimes we get to this point where we don't feel excited about life. You feel you're just existing, going to and fro. You do the nine to five, right? You work hard because you want to do the best for your family, so you work hard. But it becomes monotonous, and you feel you're just going on with the flow. You're just existing. And there's many reasons that you can become discouraged. But one in particular is that I feel we lose sight of what God has for us. When our mind is, is, is taken away, we've got all these things on the TV and media and you get this, you've got to have this to be the best in life and come on, you've got to keep working hard, 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 hard. And God is saying, hold on a second, if your eyes can just be focused on me, I had a purpose and a plan for everyone. I've placed purpose within you and it's all locked inside your potential, potential deep within. And I think at times we've just overlooked it. What is potential? Some could say it's the unused strengths, it's your hidden talents, your untapped abilities, your dominant talents, your capped capabilities. Hmm. There's this reservoir of, of so many good things deep within us. I, I, I remember this scripture in Proverbs and it says, um, it's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of ki kings to search things out. It's as if God has placed treasure within us and he's hidden it within us and he's excited to watch us as kings and queens to unreal, unveil them, to look deep within and say, you know what, Lord, I'm gonna spend time with you I've got on these untapped abilities and on all these things locked within me. If, if I just spend time with you, would you show me? Would you show me what I'm about? Would you unlock the secrets, the hidden things within me? And God's like, yeah. <laughs> just spend some time with me. Everyone's been given potential. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The last couple of weeks we've been speaking about this big reveal, right? 
If you haven't heard it yet, go on to the podcast, have a listen, good stuff. And it speaks about this big reveal, God's ultimate plan to bring us back to himself. This is through Jesus. Awesome stuff. But now Jesus is on the scene and he's saying, look, I've got these people. Now you're you're becoming saved. You're saved. Come home. Come home to the Father. It's good. We're here now. What do we do? Is is it just about heaven? Do we just wait until we get there? Now he goes, you've got a work to do now. He goes, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And he goes, I've given you this potential and I want you to search deep within you that you may pull it out and use it for good works. Before the foundations of the earth, he thought about you. He thought about you. And it came at the right time. You came at the right time. You weren't just a mistake. No. No. Just because your mum and dad got together, whatever circumstance that may have been around, you turned up just on time and you were made for today. You were made just on time. You say, I've got a work for you to do today. I've got a work for you. you. You've come just on time. Welcome home. But I've got something for you, something deep within you. I need you to pull out because those very gifts within you are going to help a nation. It's going to help, yeah, your family. It's going to help your community. It's going to be so great that it will change the legacy to come. Your future, you'll leave a legacy for those coming after you. It's that powerful. It's that potent. True. <laughs> did, you, did you catch that? <laughs> it's that? It's that amazing that he could, he could use something so small and insignificant and change a nation. People like you and me, simple people. Well, I call myself simple at least. But at times we look in the mirror and we say, we're not much to look at when we're everything to him. And it goes, inside of you is the seed of life. And I want to use you to do great and wonderful things, great works. At my old church, they'd say, amen, amen. <laughs> Yes. I go past graveyards at times and I'm thinking to myself, well, you've got these lives here who, who have come to an end and you look at the gravestones and, and you see a date when it started and a date when it ended. And in between you've got a dash and that dash is lifespan here on earth. What are we accomplishing within that time? That dash is what life is. The greatest place or the the most wealthiest place on the earth is the graveyard. Louis, why would you say that? I'll tell you why. It's because people die and the people who've never written books before have died and could have written amazing books that have changed the world. People have died and never lived out their potential, so they've died with it. Businesses never started. Life's never changed. Charities never started. Whatever it may be, they've died with the potential locked within them because they were too afraid to make the jump. They're too afraid to dig deep and say, actually, I won't just go with the status quo. I won't just live life for the sake of living life. I'm not just existing. Actually, there's more. 
there's more than this. There's got to be more than the nine to five. There's got to be more than this. And I can't stay in this position anymore. I want to move forward. I want to change. I want to be all I can be for God and have an influence on my society. So the graveyard seems to be the most wealthiest place because they never spent their potential. I said, God, why, why is this the case? Why don't we live up to the mark? Why, why don't we ever live out all we've been called to be? And he goes, Louis, it's fear. And there's many, there's many reasons, but fear. We're, we're afraid to break conformity. We've become complacent at times. But he says to me, one of the main reasons is the obscured definition of success. The general view for success in life is get that big house, get that big car. I want fame. I want to be in a social setting, which is amazing. I want to be around great people. And I will put all that at the forefront. I want riches and gold. Man, I've got a short time on earth. I'll do all I can to have pleasure and pleasure and pleasure. Even uh, academia, which is amazing, and I'd never belittle it. But sometimes we get to a place where we want everything to show that we're something. When God's view of success is this, and it's simple. Firstly, to know him. And that you would fulfill the God-given call on your life. That's success to God. To what extent are you fulfilling the God-given call on your life? And we worry because we feel we want these things and then it's right to, to, to look after your family and you want to do the best for them, right? And I'm, I'm laboring on that because we understand that the distresses that we have in living today. But God wants us to focus on the very reason why we've been created. And for each of us, that's different. He wants us to look internally to say, why are we here? Ask the question to him, why am I here? Not why is Richard here or why Louis here, why am I here? What do I have to do? I have a part to play. He calls us ambassadors. He's the kingdom of heaven and we're on earth. We say it all the time, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, I want you to be an ambassador on earth. Heaven's up there and it's gonna come to earth. Why it's not totally here quite yet, I need you to bridge the gap. I want you to speak on my behalf. An ambassador can go into a country, stand very strong and speak on behalf of his government, yes? When he starts speaking on his own will, he no longer works for the government. So when we got issues that arise about any particular topic, the ambassador ambassador will say, well, according to my jurisdiction, according to the law of my land, this is what we believe. 
We do the same thing for the kingdom of heaven. Any situation and any circumstance we're facing, whether it being at work, at home, within the family context, within society, we speak on behalf of God. I don't have much opinion in this matter. However, according to my word, the Bible, we can go to pages, da 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 da, uh, it says this. I feel this is what God is telling me and asking me to do. And he says this if you do those things, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those things you were concerned about, clothes for your family, where they're going to live. How am I going to make the way? He goes, those things are added to you. It's a mindset change. We work and we've been programmed to work to get everything in the forefront. We want this, this, and this. And he says, if you just do my will first, those things are added to you. As an ambassador, do you think you go into a country and worry about where your children are having schooling? Who pays for the child's schooling? The government. The house that you own. Who owns the house? The government the kingdom of heaven, the glory and riches of heaven bless you because you are a child of the most high. And he goes, when you do that, I can then release your potential. When you're not focusing on the wrong thing and you're focusing on the right thing, the kingdom of God, the potential in you can rise up. Potential in you is amazing and you can do great exploits. These are the men and women of great renown. They've done great things. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let's have a look at Psalms 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your work's wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What a wonderful scripture. That God would have his eyes on me before I was even created in my mother's womb. And whilst I was being created in there, he was looking at me and saying, these are the things I've got in store for him. And it's written in his book, all the things I have prepared for him and her. And you're special. A seed, we started out. Did you do the biology lesson? You all started as a seed. And if we did do a biology lesson, you realize how important you are because you had to fight to get here. There was a lot of competition. But you won. <laughs> so already you're, you're an overcomer already, right? <laughs> but you started out as a seed and God says I've, I've, I've looked at you and you may feel that you're nothing and you're a little bit insignificant but he goes no you're not you were made in my image and likeness I created you for a purpose you are very important in fact you are of infinite importance to me and of infinite value to me so much so that he would send his son that he would die, <laughs> that as we believe in him, we may have life and not just have life. But he says, why should here? You will have it more abundantly. Please put aside just riches there. This is spirit, soul, and body abundance. 
I'll give you an example. What have we got here? An apple? Simple stuff, an apple. Inside of an apple is what? Seeds. Every apple has seeds. Look how small it is. Can't even see it. Look, you see that? Just about a seed. The core of an apple is a seed. Looks insignificant. What's the potential of the apple? Of the apple seed, sorry. It's a tree. The potential of the apple seed is a tree. It's wrong. What is it? It's an orchard. What are, if more than an orchard, or even a forest? How does that work? You plant the seed, the seed germinates, it grows, it produces a tree. And that tree has many other fruits, or more apples on it, containing more than a couple of seeds inside of each fruit. It drops, birds pick it up, take it to another place, or they germinate again and they develop. One seed, one seed, and you may think you're just one seed, but you're more than just that. Inside of you is a legacy. God's saying, I need to untap you. This one seed is hard because we want to protect it all of our life. We want to live life to the best. But God says this, if you plant the seed, if you die, you will find life. Some of us need to die to ourselves. We're the biggest enemy to our potential. That's God's word right there. We're the biggest enemy to our potential. We don't want to give up the lavishes of life. When he says, I never told you you can't have it, I just have the main thing, the main thing first. You have infinite value stored within you. The potential of a cow is a herd. The potential of a lion is its pride. You are great. And there's so much more in store. We gotta change St. Albans for the best. And not just St. Albans, but Hertfordshire. And not just Hertfordshire, London. Not just London, England. Not just the UK, Europe. Not just Europe, world. Because the kingdom of heaven is coming. And he needs people like you and me, everyday people. Not the superstars. I want the everyday lot. I don't want superstars, he says. I want the everyday humble guys. The people who are happy to go to the shops in their pajamas. <laughs> I don't judge anyone, all right? Okay? <laughs> I don't judge anyone. He's happy with just you having a humble heart to say, yes, Lord, I'll do as you say. So Louis, it's really easy now. You're saying to me, we have this potential locked up inside of us. All right, so I'm, I'm beginning to understand it. So what do I do with this now? I, I was fearfully and wonderfully made and yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do we unlock it? Or how do we maximize what's inside of us? How do we deal with this seed to make it become great? Tur. I'll give you two tips because there's many things and we could read all about it all day long. Two main tips. The first one is start with what you have. I like what Rick Warren says, the pastor of Saddleback Church. He wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. Awesome book. Definitely get into it. Um, and he, he, was, he, he, 
he was speaking about potential and um, your purpose, and he's relating it to the story of Moses and the Exodus. And Moses in this position where he is running away, really, from a lot of troubles, a lot of problems. And he's just doing his thing. He's a shepherd, and God catches up with him. That happens in life, right? God catches up with you. Wherever you are, he does catch up with you. And he just says, hold on a second. Moses, I, I got a work for you to do. You've not, you've not finished what I started. You don't even understand what I need you to do yet. You've got a lot of work to do. And Moses is like, me? God is like, I want you to save a nation. You're shepherding sheep, but I want you to now shepherd a nation. Moses is like, me? I, I can't even speak properly. God's like, no, I, I want to use you. Moses is walking around with his staff, this rod, and God's like, Moses, what's this in your hand? What's that in your hand? And like he didn't know already, but Moses is like, this is my, my, my rod, Lord. This is my staff. And he goes, throw the staff to the floor. And he threw it, and it became a snake. Ooh, it came alive. Moses is like, oh, what, what's this about? This is freaking me out. And God says, pick it up by its tail. And he picks it up by its tail, it comes back to a, a staff, a rod again. And that rod was used to perform many miraculous signs to the Egyptians in order for them to release the very people that he would shepherd eventually. And Rick Warren made some clear distinctions between what's happening there, and it was very much this. The rod was a symbol of your identity. It was showing that he was a, a shepherd. That was his rod, that he, he's a shepherd. It was a symbol of his income. How many sheep do you have, Moses? That would be a depiction of, of how much money you've, you've actually got. It was a symbol of influence. The, the, the very staff and rod would be able to move the sheep one way and the other way. It was a sign of influence. God asks the same question to us. What do we have in our hand? What have you got in your hand? What is it that you have? You have been given something, and he's just saying, if you lay it down, I'll bring it alive. Whatever you've got, if you lay that down, I will bring it alive. However small and insignificant you feel it is, if you lay it down, I will make it alive. Jesus said something similar as well, didn't he? If you lay your life down, you will find it. It's this understanding that actually we're not our own and that if we just give up what we have onto God, however small and insignificant it may be, he's saying, I'm able to use it. I can use small things and turn them into great things. I'm still holding the seed. It's deep down within us and God's saying, I need to bring this up to the surface. And at times we hang around people that don't want us to progress. Correct? And we deal with it. We just say, we just go with it. We just, they're my friends. Hey, we're just, they're negative people, but they're all right. They're coming along. We're trying to pull them in. You know, those people are zapping your strength. And I'm not, I'm not belittling them because we need to help them along. But actually, you've got to have boundaries in your life because those people will zap the seed. 
You have been made amazing. Amazing. And you haven't got time for people to pull you down or to speak negatively over you. You haven't got time to hang around with with people who are tripping you up and are not for you. You need to be around people who will pull the treasure out of you and not the dirt. The people that will look into your life and know that it's not the best at the moment, but they will look through it and say, there's treasure inside of you, bro. I know you've got some issues right now, but you're amazing. God is saying align yourself this year with great people. You are so important, so very important, of infinite value. You are his crown, his beauty. He turns around and says, look at my girl. There she goes. Look at my boy, there he goes. Look what he's doing again. Do you know he's just excited about just looking at you while you're sleeping? As a father would over his little boy or girl? I'm just happy watching them sleep. I'm just happy them being themselves. He's not this big rah-rah coming to get you. He's not. I'm excited about just you being you. I love you for who you are. And with that, don't be afraid because many of us have run away thinking that he's this angry God and I've got these issues I'm trying to deal with. Forget about potential for a second. I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to get by. Whether you be the single parent just trying to raise a child on your own, trying to deal with that, to the one who's a CEO, who's thinking about merging to another company, you're both of importance, and God's as happy you being you. But he goes, I want you to know who you really are. You don't know who you are. You don't know, and that's why you'll take and you'll stick up uh, and you'll just be around negative people. You'll just deal with certain things because you don't know your value. God is saying you are amazing. You're like an eagle. And if eagles fly so high in the sky, if they fly really high. So if you can see pigeons around you, you're flying too low. <laughs> Say it to your neighbor, I'm not a pigeon. The second tip I would give you is to spend time with Papa God, the source of all potential. Uh, He's known as omnipotent, omnipotent. Omni being all and potent meaning um, all powerful, powerful, almighty, all powerful, almighty. It's like he has all the potential locked up inside of him. He is the source of potential. He is everything. And when we rub shoulders with God, we get some of that. It's like a comet hitting another comet and it makes a huge explosion. That's like heaven touching base with earth, us being earth. He's like, they collide together. Him and your potential collide together and boom, it's ignited. It's sparked, it comes alive. And the whole... Scriptures, this is my Bible by the way, the whole scriptures is about God getting our attention. God saying, I want you back. Actually, I'm quite quite jealous you don't love me like you should. I'm going to get loads of emails about that. You can be jealous about something that belongs to you. 
I can't be jealous because uh, I, I love someone else's wife and he's got a wife and uh, you're looking really good and uh, I'm jealous that I haven't got a wife. But if it's my wife and you're with her, I can become jealous because it's mine. We are God's. And yes, why he's a jealous God? Because we are his. And yet we choose to say no to him. We turn our backs on him. And then he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm a little jealous over that. And it's all about him reaching out down to us, coming to our level and saying, I need you home. I really want your attention. The prodigal son's all there, right? I want you back. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. I need you home. I really want you back. Songs of Solomon 2, 8 to 10. It's a, it's a scripture we don't usually look at. But spend some time in it. It's, it's really, really cool. I'll read a couple of verses from it. Listen, my beloved. Look, here he becomes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Here the Shamulite woman is speaking of her lover and her lover is aggressing her, is pursuing her. And that's like God and his church or God and you, the people. God actively pursuing you, looking for you, bounding over hills, all the problems and the mountains that you put in between them. He's bounding over and says, I want you. And he comes to the house. And he looks through the window. Notice he doesn't go in. God is too much of a gentleman to force himself on you. But he looks through the window and he's tapping saying, I, I, I want you. And he shows his face to you. And he's like, yeah, I want you. He says, arise. Come up from where you are and follow. Many of us have done that. Many of us are at that place where we're still laying on our bed and God is looking outside saying, I want you. And we're like, we'll just lay here for a little longer. <laughs> Chapter three in verses one to four. All night long on my bed, I look for the one my heart loves. I look for him, but didn't find him. You know, we live in a life where we want everything we want it to come now. We want life. When God is saying, you will never find life without me. You've been made with me. And if I'm absent from you, it will never make sense. You will do all that you can, and good on you. Keep going, kiddo. But the truth is, you have never been made to battle this alone. And it is a battle you're in. He goes, you don't have to deal with this on your own. He goes, I want to ignite you. Those who have been Christians all this time, I want to ignite you this year. Those who have never known God, I want to ignite you. I want you to know what it is to know me. And we get to the place of discomfort where we're just laying down and saying, you know what? I can't take anymore. I'm looking for him. I'm coming down because I realize the time. <laughs> I will get up now and go about the city through the streets and the squares I will search for the one my heart loves. I, so I looked for him, but did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. 
Who are the watchmen, the leaders of your church, making their rounds looking for you? Here, she goes to him. Have you seen the one my heart loves? We do that all the time. Richard, you know God. How do I get to know God? I'm looking for this one, but show me, show me the way. Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let him go till I brought him to my mother's house to the room of the one who conceived me. Is there children in the room? <laughs> he took her back. She took her back to the room where she was conceived, meaning they wanted to come together and become one. And God is very much for this. I want you as you are. Can I have the worship team up, please. I want you as you are. I am hungry and passionate for you. I am looking for you and seeking you. You want to talk about potential? I can release potential in you, but it will never make sense unless you know me for who I am. When heaven collides with earth, it is a beautiful thing. It changes everything. And you, the seeds that are within you, I still got it in my hand, the seeds that are in you become alive. It is God ultimately. Stand with me, everyone, please. Here we are in a moment like this and there's some people in here who have made mistakes. They don't feel good enough. They believe they're not good enough to, to do anything more than this. They're hungry for life but they don't feel that they're worthy. There are people in here who have to ask God those questions. Who am I? What is it you want me to do? How can I deal with life this year? You know what's been so hard the last year. How am I going to deal with it this year? And there are people in here who need or want to make a commitment to God who have never done that before. And it's okay, we're with you, all right? And there are people here who've made a commitment and feel like they've just taken that step back and they want to say yes. If you can relate to any of those things, just raise your hand up and down real quickly. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Just up and down, look at that. Amazing. So I'd ask you, Father God, come Holy Spirit and fill your people with love, with a passion. Let them know you for who you really are. Forgive where it needs to be forgiven, Lord, and reveal to them who they really are. You said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all the things you have in store, but you're revealing it to those that you love. So reveal it to us right now, I pray. And I pray salvation over those who are looking for salvation, Lord, that they say yes to you right now. Their life has changed. Heaven and earth have collided. Ignite everyone's potential in this room, Lord, that this year, it will be an amazing year, not just for themselves and their families, but for generations to come. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.